That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. I'll say so. Oh, well. Hello. There we go. That's so much better. <clears throat> that would have been a disaster of an episode. We would have sounded like STC Pod if we went uh, that uh, route. Uh, did you hear their episode with uh, with Josh Creepley? It was just Bill and Josh. No, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, no. So did, nobody else could either. <laughs> <laughs> they had some audio problems. I guess uh, Google Hangouts is done. So they were trying some new programs. Uh, well, they are still new at this. Yeah. Need a little time to work out the bugs. Yeah. So you got to give them a little bit of uh, leeway for mm-hmm. a new podcast like that. So what's going on? What's happening? It's new and exciting. I'm a little sleepy, and I'm going to be wearing my uh, my blue blockers here. What? For the episode. You got glasses. Uh, no, these are just the uh, the blue light. Oh, yeah, glasses. that's what I got on mine, too. Yeah. So were you getting headaches uh, looking at the screen? Uh, I'm just sleepy. I was out late. Um, uh, took the kids to the zoo. Um, in the summertime, they open late. They, they close at uh, 9 o'clock at night. And it's just, you know, you go to the zoo at night. <laughs> Aren't all the animals sleeping at night? No, a lot of them are more active at night. Um, especially oh, the the cats, the hippos, um, and it's just cooler, uh, like temperature wise, right. because the, the sun's down. You're not baking out there, so yeah. it, it's a little more relaxed, and you know the kids just enjoy it because it's dark. It's like ooh, you know, creepy, but <laughs> I don't know. We went out uh, to that, uh, but of course we stayed until closing, which is a bad idea because then everybody goes to try to leave at the same time and it's just a traffic jam. So we sat in our parking space for about 30 minutes before we were able to move. Wow. Uh, and then it's just inch nudging your way into that long line. Cause there's only one exit. So everybody's turning the same way. So I'm a little sleepy. So I'm trying to cut the blue light so I can feel better. So it's all on me? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, you, sitting there with a stomach full of sushi, I, being all happy. It is very full of sushi. <laughs> I, I really got to try uh, North American sushi someday because it just looks totally different. Yeah? It's tasty. Mm-hmm. It's very tasty. I don't doubt it. Some of it looks really good. I can't... Not, a lot of, not a lot of fish that I see, though. Unless it's on the inside. Uh, I think that round we only had the crab. Uh, crab. Was, yeah. So there was there was two uh, different types of crab on that uh, plate. But then we got the tuna and salmon rolls. But I like uh, I really like the veggie stuff. Like I'm just good with the avocado and. Um, Ooh, avocado. Yeah, and uh, uh, cucumber, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I just love it. Anything with avocado and cucumber in it. And I'm not a big avocado guy, but the way they do it with the sushi, it just mixes in nice with the rice, and it's good times. I like it. You don't go in for, like, guacamole and stuff? Any Mexican food with avocados? 
No, I I just I don't mind it. I just prefer to not have it. Like Sarah's big on hmm. it. She'll get avocado with every like every time we get um, nachos, she'll get a side of avocado. Yeah, avocado and uh, or guacamole. Avocado is awesome. And yeah. um, they charge more for it too. It's like uh, two. Oh, extra they dollars. sure do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in a restaurant years back, and I couldn't believe they charged extra for sour cream. Really. Yeah, I was in some Mexican restaurant, and they're like, "Oh, hey, you want this?" I'm like, "Sure." You want some sour cream with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I look at my check, and it's like extra three bucks oh. for a little dollop of sour cream. Was it uh, a baked potato? I think I've had that happen to me on a baked potato before. No, it was some. Uh, I ordered like burrito plate or something like that, huh. and just a uh, spoonful of sour cream. Hey, three bucks. There you go. Now, when I get um, a burrito, I get nothing on it. I don't want any of that because all that, all those sauces, all they do is pack on the pounds. So I, mm. just, I get like just pretty much plain, and like the people behind the counter, they don't know what to do. They're like, uh, <laughs> you, you don't want any uh, burrito sauce on there?" And I'm like, "Looking because they put the calories, how much calories are the sauce, right?" Mm-hmm. And it's sixty extra calories. And I'm like, "No, I, I don't need that sixty extra calories." Like, while we really recommend the, that you have this with the burrito sauce, I'm like, "I'm okay. I've had it without it for." It's good. Okay, I just get. Is it one of those? Is it one of those places? It's like Subway, where yeah, you know, you you build it yourself, yeah. and and then um, like you get charged for every little thing that they put on there. Not everything, but just certain things, like the guacamole is extra, and mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure what else is extra. Pretty much everything else is good, but I've even had people like some some of them. Like they get to the end and like you don't want anything extra and I don't like no and they're like okay well I'll put a little I'll put some extra rice and beans in there for you I'm like okay whatever because they feel bad because <laughs> I don't know I, I'm just like look it's fine I don't want any extra uh, of that stuff I find it like just it tastes good just plain you know you got your rice yeah and beans, there's nothing chicken, wrong with eating simple uh, and I just get the vegetables in there and it's I'm good to go yeah because you know that. They act like the sauce and stuff is where all the flavor comes from, but you can just enjoy the flavor of the actual ingredients. Yeah, like you know, it, rice it, and beans have a flavor to them. Chicken tastes good. It, you yeah. know, I don't need tons, and they marinate it in something, so it does have some flavor to it. It tastes Mexican, so I don't know. Mmm. Yeah, talking food. This I don't is want Mexican food. We're we are in uh, R three territory because that was their, their entire last episode. It was nothing but food. At least we're talking about with that. We're talking about eating healthy food. They talked about having a heart attack on, on every <laughs> single one of their plates. It was crazy. Man, uh, those guys loved I'm, I'm, to eat. Love the food. I love to eat too, but I've reached that point where I've got to eat more. Um, intelligently i really gotta watch i'm trying to cut back on the sugar and the caffeine and everything now and uh i don't know it's i try to avoid a lot of those extra heavy sauces and things but Mm. at the same time the other day i made uh chicken wings and i made this uh honey garlic sauce to put on there yeah it was awesome chicken wings are the worst man for for the Mm. cholesterol yeah, but uh, you had to dip, and we don't eat too many. It's like it's you know we don't go overboard. Yeah, but... I indulge. I mean, that's it's the summer's kind of dying down. It's not as hot as it was. Actually, this summer hasn't been too bad overall. But we're hitting the point where I want to start barbecuing. 
because it's not baking hot anymore. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know. That, I guess, tempting. It's been nothing but hot here. We get a little reprieve for a day or two, and then it's right back to to the humidity. Mm. It's not good times. But uh, yeah. what are we talking about? Food? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing Food, with sushi. Yeah. With sushi, it's uh, if you order right, it's not like a really heavy, like a lot of calories or a lot of cholesterol in that. Because you're just really eating rice and vegetables for the most part and fish, yeah. which is like, you know. You can get like they do have wraps with like with a lot of mayonnaise in it with um, uh, cream cheese, which we actually tried once. Really? It, was, it was gross. It sounds good, but it was like it's just like this big hunk that of cream delicious. cheese. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was too much. the The boys from Wisconsin, everyone in the Cartridge Club from Wisconsin, would probably like it because they're they're into their heavy cheeses. But yeah. I don't know. It was too much for me. Uh, the picture you put up, you had this one big platter. Is that how you order at the restaurant? Yeah. Or so can you just get like, you know, one little plate here or there? You can. Well, so you can go a la carte and just order a dish. Um, mm. But their specialty is the all-you-can-eat sushi. Um, so you just play, pay a flat rate and it's all-you-can-eat. And it's mm. cool. They, they've been doing this for years. That was the first restaurant I've seen to do this. This was, you know, I don't know. They've been around for about five years now. Uh, they give you an iPad. You don't get a menu. You get an iPad, and mm-hmm. you sit down and you you select everything that you want on the iPad, and then you put it off to the side, and then the server comes and uh, picks it up, and it gets sent to the kitchen right away, and uh, they just start working on your order. So whatever you select on the order, you that's what you get. Um, the only thing is you have to make sure that you don't order too much because anything that you don't eat, they they'll charge you an, an additional charge for so if you order like uh you know a thing of sushi and you don't eat it they'll they'll charge that on top of your all you can eat so you have to well i mean they they brought it to your table right yeah 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 you got the food so so yeah of course and so they just yeah well they just want to make sure that like people just don't order a whole bunch of stuff and never not eat it right because it's a flat it's a flat fee that you pay right off the top yeah well that's similar to the the policy of all those uh buffets like you're not allowed to take anything home you know, yeah, you like pay, there's no bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. They they gotta justify it somehow. You would love the um, the system they have here at the well. They're kind of like the the cheaper sushi places, like a fast food style, um, where you sit down at a booth, but they have a conveyor belt of all the sushi like rolling around. <laughs> nice. So you sit down, and there's just a, a conveyor belt going. And everything is covered. There's like this plastic cover over each thing. So it, it's one dish. So everything, it just has like one or two pieces of sushi on it. So you just see it roll by and you're like, okay, I want this. So you open it up and take your plate. And then, you know, you do that. Nice. Or they've got an iPad looking thing up above it. So if there's something you don't see that you want, you can just order through there and just flip through the menu. That, and then there's another uh, belt that, they they're in the back and it'll just appear on this upper belt and then you just take it right off of that and then you can order something else and it'll come on that but you just pay one plate at a time okay so that way you can really gauge how much you're eating right so you just if you only want one more you know that's all you get right that's cool but those, those, like I said, those are the kind of the, the cheaper sushi places, so it's not as good quality. Right. If you go to a proper one, then still, I mean, well, Japanese people don't eat that much, so 
serving sizes are much smaller. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, like what grade this would be because this is really the only decent sushi place that we have around here. That's that's good. So I don't know if they're low quality or or not. I just know that they they taste good, and you can mm. even tell like when there's different people working in the kitchen because sometimes the rice won't be as sticky so it's like all yep. the b team's working today <laughs> with the sushi <laughs> like kind of falling off the uh, oh, uh your no chopsticks it's, mm-hmm. it happens sometimes like today like it was uh, a weekend in the summer so it's probably the b team that's working today so the sushi was a little sloppy today but on the first round but the next two rounds were, were good so Maybe the A crew got off their break and went in there and cracked the whip or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice sushi platter sounds nice though. Yeah, it was good. It's like I, I, I try not to be a kind of person who who posts pictures of everything that I eat on on Twitter and stuff. But at the same time, I love seeing other people's pictures. <laughs> I I know I know the feeling. I was I was thinking that too while I took the photo. I'm like, yeah, should I be doing this? I'm like, ah, who cares? What the heck. Let me tell you, the last night, I went out to dinner with uh, a couple of Cartridge Club members. Went out to dinner with... Uh, Saw Miles, that one, too, yeah. Scott, Miles, Catherine, Troy, and uh, Dean. Superstar Dean. Yeah. Uh, Dean Lasagna. And we went to a place called uh, Crow Manor. I think that's what it was called. I put it on my phone, but, of course, my phone is charging in another room, so... Can't remember exactly what it was called. All I remember is it, it had the uh, day of the tentacle tentacles outside. Yep, you walk up to the this thing. It looks like an old school, you know, horror manor Adams family house. It's got the te- te- tentacles. Whatever, tentacles. Whatever. The octopus arms hanging out, of, <laughs> hanging out of the building, and then inside it's just it's just wall to wall geek culture stuff. They had a room. The coolest room was the one that was, um, uh, it, it was like the bar from uh, The Shining, which I guess, okay. which I guess they copied in Twin Peaks. So it's kind of place, like place two things. Like they had photos from The Shining, up on the wall, and then they had photos from Twin Peaks up on the wall. Um, so that was cool. And then the rest was just kind of like you know they had like a steampunk sort of room with like just pipes and everything all over the place and. You could just spend all day just looking at all like everything they had in there. Like over the bar, they had like a old um, uh, like operating table de- like device that you would see in just a horror movie or something like that. And it's just it's hard to describe. It's just full of stuff. So it's it's a restaurant, but you can kind of wander around yeah, freely at the same time. It was weird. Like they were like uh, Miles and Catherine were like, "Hey, do you want to take a tour?" And I'm like, "Okay, sure, let's go look around." And we're like. Like walking in a restaurant, like people are sitting there eating and we're walking into these rooms and that. And there's actually one uh, uh, girl that was at a table in uh, the the uh, Shining uh, area, and uh, she actually stopped us and she said, "Is this like uh, does this room mean something to somebody or something? Is this like a recreation or something? Because everybody keeps walking around in here and taking pictures and that." So we we told her what it was. She's like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." There's, just weird like you're just walking around while people are eating but mm. eh. but uh, yeah they had tons of stuff in there they had board games you could play a board game if you wanted to nice it was uh it was an experience um so yeah we uh we sat down we got drinks we actually we actually showed up a little late because uh as we were walking there it was it was it was easy to get to like we normally don't drive to downtown 
uh, Toronto because it's just a pain in the ass. If we are going to go, we'll take the subway. Um, there's like a stop that's like about halfway from our place to Toronto that you can get on the subway and go right into downtown. But it's pricey, you know, for two people. Um, I think it's it, it, for there and back for round trips, it's like $16 total, whereas parking is $20. So, mm. yeah, so it's like, well, it's only a few dollars more to, to park and, you know, you're not having to, like, it takes forever on the subway too. So yeah. we drove down there and I found a parking lot. It was only 10 bucks to park in there. So I thought, mm. oh, hey, that's pretty good. Are there, is there going to be any spots, any spaces available on that? And it said it was only a two minute walk from the restaurant. And uh, we got in there, no problem. It was under, it was underground, parking, and there was tons of space. So uh, that that was a bonus. And then we start walking to the restaurant, and as we're walking there, Sarah's like, "Is that a record store?" <laughs> oh. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And it was uh, Dead Man Records, which is a store that I had ordered from online before, um, and because they had uh, a couple of Sheepdog records that uh, I couldn't find anywhere else. And they're the ones that actually sent me, um, they sent me like a, it was like a record store day uh, record that I, I couldn't find them on record store day. So I ordered it from this place. And when they sent it to me, they, I thought I was just getting the records, but they got, they gave me like an autographed copy of the record. Like it was autographed by everyone in the band. Like, oh, well, this is pretty good. <laughs> and it was, it was just regular price. Um, so that was the store that I had, I had ordered from and I, I had to pay shipping to get these things and it was, it was only 15 bucks shipping, but, um, I, I was like, geez, I didn't have to pay shipping. I could have just came down here and, and picked them up in the store. Uh, but we didn't spend too much time in there. We just kind of like walked around and I said, okay, we got to I'm worried, I'm worried about showing up too late, um, because everybody was waiting for us. So, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, extra, like, it was just like two doors down from the record store at uh, this place. And it was, it was pretty cool. There was like somebody that ordered, um, I don't know. It was like a, a drink. It was like a big drink that comes with two straws and a Darth Vader head. And the whole place uh, goes uh, like they take all the lights in the place, turn red. And the uh, guy, uh-huh. the, your server from the bar walks from the bar and holds this Darth Vader head thing over his head while, the Imperial March song starts playing, and he All marches right. from the uh, from the bar to to your table and serves serves your drink, so everyone knows what you got. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it, was, it was something it was else. Dinner theater. Uh, Miles was saying that the first time he was there, like all the servers would march with this drink, but I guess they got tired of doing it from everyone ordering it, so I guess they toned down the, the fanfare. <laughs> or something i don't know because well, it was only the server that, that did it. that still sounds pretty impressive yeah um so when it came time as soon for... as you said big drink with two straws i was picturing the thing from wayne's world <laughs> the garth orders and he can't find the straw in the thing it was just full of yeah. junk yeah <laughs> um so when it came time for us to order uh sarah and i planned on uh, splitting on a plate of nachos so we were we were easy good to go so Miles and and, uh, and Catherine order, and then the, the server gets up to Dean, and it was very loud in there. I couldn't hear what was going on, but Dean said something, and the server just looked at him and said, like, just stopped writing and said, okay, well, I got to leave. And he leaves. He walks away from the table. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this before, where someone like, orders something and the waiter says, hold on, 
stop. I got to go and do something because what you just ordered is so crazy. So I asked. So I'm like, Dean, what, what is going on? What did you order? So Dean ordered a dungeon burger. So the waiter had to go back to the bar and get a Dungeons and Dragons sheet, pencil, and uh, one of those, I guess it's 16 side die or something, 20 side die, whatever Dungeons and Dragons people use. You know that okay. that, that, yeah, that die that looks like a crystal. Yeah, and it's got like tons of sides on it or whatever. Yeah. So and then he comes back, so and he gives Dean all of this stuff, and he's like, "Okay, I'll come back and get the rest of your orders later," because Dean had to sit what? there and roll his order. So there's what? like, there's like, I don't know, like eight different sections on this piece of paper. And I guess it's like rolling your stats, like your your what your charisma is, and your, you know, like whatever strength, dexterity, all that stuff. But in, instead of those things, it is what you're going to put on your burger. So the first, <laughs> the first thing, was the patty. Like what kind of patty you're going to have? Like is it going to be sirloin burger? Is it going to be a veggie burger? Is it going to be chicken burger, uh, pork? I guess they had like a whole bunch of different things. So Dean, uh, you know, goes for his first roll and he rolls. And the first thing he rolls was like whatever number that correlates with or corresponds with a veggie uh, burger. And Dean's like, oh, no, I don't want that. So he pick, uh, I'm going to ignore that. And he picks up and he rolls again. And I'm like, well, what's the point of rolling all this stuff? Yeah, Just kick off doing? what you want and let's go. Let's get some food in us. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, this is the only thing I don't want. I'll take everything else, but just not the veggie. And I'm like, so, so I swear to God. this is designed to be a completely random burger? It is. But, and Dean was playing by his own rule. And I swear to God. Dean rolled a veggie two more times. Three, three times <laughs> he rolled and he got the veggie uh, patty. So finally, he, just, I, he rolls something else. It was like sirloin patty or something. Uh, and then he, I don't know what else he got on there. He, it was like, I don't know, bacon, cheese, all that other stuff. Uh, so we, Sarah and I order our nachos and, uh, uh, to split. And, uh, then, you know, so we're sitting there talking and all that. It was really loud in there. It was hard to talk. Um, Greg Miller showed up at some point, I guess, uh, there's a bunch of people from the internet and the gaming geek culture world in in town for uh the cne i guess uh the cne is like um an event that uh, toronto holds up every year it's kind of it's like roller coasters and that but i guess they're getting into the geek culture thing because everyone else is so why not so they have like some celebrities so like pat and ian from the cu podcast i think are in town at least ian's in town and this greg miller guy he used to work at ign and now he does something called kind of funny so uh, Dean started freaking out, I guess, because he's uh, a fan. I guess he, he's going to the CNE today to go see uh, Greg Miller. I guess he's doing like a, what do they call it, uh, a panel or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, so uh, I guess, okay, there was a celebrity there. Um, I, I'm not that big of a fan of uh, Greg Miller. I know he'll never listen to this, so it's totally fine. <laughs> but uh, Dean was all excited. I have no excited. idea who that is. He was, he, when he worked for IGN... Um, he was the guy who reviewed all the Ghostbusters games. Um, okay. <laughs> like, from, yeah, for, you know, like in, two, well, in 2009 when Ghostbusters, this, this is how he got on my radar, right? 
because he reviewed like the Xbox, PS3 version, the Wii version, and the, and the DS version. And I thought he did a really good job because he apparently is a really a, a big Ghostbusters fan, but he uh, rated all the games fairly. Like they, he didn't like overdo any of the uh, reviews. Like didn't make the scores too high or too low. He was he was fair. I thought, okay, this guy was pretty cool. And then so I started following him. And then IGN put him uh, in charge of uh, the Sony part of the of the website, and it was just like. Everything Sony was like the greatest all of a sudden, you know, uh, you got to get a PS3, you got to get Uncharted, it's a 10 out of 10, blah, blah, you know, it's just all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I kind of like, oh, you know, he was really good with the, um, with the Ghostbusters game. I I mean, this PS3 must be amazing. And then, so I take this thing home, I I go out and buy it on his recommendation and I'm like, this thing's okay. It's not that great. I didn't need to go out and buy all this stuff. So, and then he starts recommending games just based on how easy the platinum is to get. And I was kind of like done with Greg Miller at that point. I'm like, you should like you shouldn't be recommending games to people because it has an easy platinum. You should be recommending games to people because they're fun, they're good. You know, there, there's some quality there. Easy platinum isn't a, a quality to grade a game by. Anyways, yeah, that's he's my not opinion. grading it based on that platinum. He's grading it based on the platinum that's going into his bank account. Yeah, Sony. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it's it's part it's in IGN's best interest to hype up all of these gaming companies, right? Because they have a Sony division, they have a an Xbox division, like just parts of the company that uh, covers these things. So these companies need to do well in order for them to have this wing of the company, this part of the website, this thing that draws people to their website and clicks, so they can get more advertising revenue. So of course, like any exclusive. Uh, be it Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, whatever, is going to get way overhyped, you know, because you got to get this thing. This is like the greatest thing ever. So, uh, everybody sells out, but for some reason, it, it's like when the nerd culture stuff starts to sell out. That's when it feels really skeezy, really phony. Well, because you know, you yeah, you're investing money in this stuff, but must money and time and all this stuff. And I don't well, like, it's, like. It's also just because it's personal interest, you know. Yeah, it's like when it, I, I understand, you know, oh, athletes and stuff. They want to. Oh, I'm going to push this product, put my my name on uh, these shoes or whatever. We're going to sell that. Okay, I've, I've been accustomed to that, but all the stuff that uh, I find interesting when when it's like the you know the nerd culture stuff and all the uh, celebrities right. of the industry start hawking their their stuff. I'm like, hey, this. I don't know. Just feels like the whole hobby is just full of phonies now. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm sure Greg Miller's a nice guy. I'm sure he's he's fine. I'm sure he did. Oh, he's did terrible. He I, I don't know if he's terrible. I just I wasn't overly oh, excited I hate to him. see him. I don't I don't hate him. I just I'm just indifferent. Uh, so finally, uh, after the uh, Greg Miller sighting, uh, our food uh, arrives, and uh, Dean's Burger comes to the table and it looks fairly normal from from what i could see but alongside it was a side of mashed potatoes because <laughs> i guess dean rolled right. mashed potatoes <laughs> it's the first time i ever seen anyone eat a burger and mashed potatoes i've seen an open burger uh like a hot hamburger uh you know with uh with mashed potatoes and the gravy and that but this was like a full-on mm-hmm. burger with um, mashed potatoes <laughs> 
Like, dude, you could have just... Order what you want. Yeah, could have just <laughs> ordered fries. Would have been eaten like 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was for the experience. That was just funny. I've, that's the experience you want to have. Dean always orders like the weirdest stuff, man. I, well, I was going to say, as soon as I saw the restaurant with like tentacles and Dean, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah that makes sense. He's going to eat the eat the tentacles <laughs> off the, the side of the They're building. scrape the bottom of the ocean for him. <laughs> Uh, but it was good times. We had fun. We just walked around Toronto. There's a bunch of people that just walk around Toronto. That's all they do on a Friday night. Well, let's just walk around. Yeah, why not? We went to. We ended up at some D and D store, where oh and they had board games in there and that. I don't think anyone bought anything. It was the only thing open. We were. It was almost ten. I think they closed at ten. So yeah, it was past nine. So it was the only thing that was open past nine. Uh, and then we just went home after that. So, as far as I know, there's a bunch of people from the Cartridge Club, or a few people, I don't know, at the at the C&E right now. But it's all roller coasters and that, and I'm, that's that's not my bag. So, I went last night. That was good. I'm here hanging with Richard. Doing Fandango. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And you got a nice stack of something up on your, your show-off shelf over there. Oh, oh that was unintentional. Oh. Hey, unintentional. What you got? Actually, what you got? I actually just, this was all just brought in here to log, and I finished logging them, and then I put them back on there. Nothing oh, interesting. Oh, your Burt Reynolds pickups? No, this is uh, Girls, the first season. Girls? <laughs> that was, that was, I told you. It's I, not I, on camera. What I is that? Oh, I didn't put it on camera. Girls? What is that? It's a TV show for Sarah. I told you, this was just accidental. Stepmom mm. with Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then I found for for myself uh Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters volume 6. Don't you have those already? The real Ghostbusters volume 7. Mhm. And the real Ghostbusters volume 8. My my set only goes up to volume 5. Oh. So those were at Walmart for 5 bucks each. So I said, "Hey, oh nice. Why not pick those up?" That's it. That's pretty much all I did today. Hey, that's well, cool. I actually cleaned up this room a lot. I got my Windows 95 PC almost all set up. Um, I don't know if I told you, but like a few, like well, maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago, I found a sound card for this old Windows 95 PC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I was hemming and hawing about it as I was looking, and then I flipped it over. And when I flipped it over, the person had the uh, driver. For sound blaster. Yeah, the sound blaster oh, driver. I've heard that name in a long time. In the in the baggie with it, and I'm like, dang. So yeah, so I put the I just installed that today, and I put it on a on my uh, amazing TV table, my mm. nice sturdy TV table over here, and uh, yeah, I got audio now with my uh, for Quake, so I can play Quake with audio. Um, the only thing is I can't I can't figure out how to work get the OpenGL thing to work. I don't have the file on the computer, so I think I'm going to have to burn it onto a disk. That's the only way I can bring it over onto the computer. Because I can access the internet. Very few things on the internet that <laughs> Windows 95 will recognize. <laughs> uh, not, not much. Like you can, you can get to Google. You can actually get to the okay. Google plat- Splash page, uh, and you can search for some things on Google, but then anything beyond that, it... It gets it's very hit or miss. 
mostly miss. Well, yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah. Well, I suppose you could just you know use a contemporary computer. What fun is there in that? Oh yeah. I mean, come on. Yes. Being able to do what you set out to do. I mean, I could click on a few things on here, and I could get OpenGL Quake to be working on this computer, but there's no fun in that. I got to get it working on this Windows 95 PC. And once I do, not play it. (laughs) Because that's what it's all about. Getting Uh, it to work. uh, Does it it do the job? That's right. I think you're cleaning your garage. I did. I I finished. And uh, that was a big job. Took two days to do it, but uh, it's all done. Uh, the only thing we have to do is wait for the garbage truck to arrive because we only get garbage pickup every two weeks. Such really? A pain. Yeah, it's such a pain. Wow. We get recycling picked up every week. We get the compost, like your kitchen scraps. They'll pick that mm-hmm. up every week. But garbage, it's every two weeks. It sucks. Well, what's the difference between garbage and kitchen scraps? Everything here is separated here. Like your plastics so like, and all that, you throw out in regular garbage. Then they want your compost in a in a separate garbage. Huh. Yeah, cause, I mean, everything's separated here, but we have... It breaks down into simple groups. You got burnable trash, which is like your kitchen scraps and stuff. But anything, basically anything that'll burn, you put in one bag. You got your non-burnable, uh, uh, like metals and things like that, that have to be... Uh, handled differently you got uh cans and bottles on one day you got plastic bottles on another day you got paper on another day and then every two weeks or so there'll be something that's like when they do the non-burnable or if you have any like light bulbs batteries stuff like that that sounds way more confusing that sounds crazy yeah well well, they send you a calendar at the beginning of the year you get a trash calendar yeah the, the city sends out uh, and so it just says, you know, on this day, take out these things and it has to be packaged, right? Um, where I live, you have to pay for your trash to be taken out and you do that by buying the city's trash bags. So if it's not in a, a proper city trash bag, they're not going to pick it up, mm. but that's only for burnable and non-burnable. So all the other stuff can just be in a clear plastic bag. Uh, yeah, no, all that stuff goes into one except for your uh, compost compost stuff they wanted in something separate they wanted like all the garbage i i we just do it in the kitchen we just have a compost thing in the kitchen like you're supposed to like put your kleenex and everything in there i'm not i'm not wasting my time with that not everything like your your q-tips and your kleenex can't be in the same garbage can what? I yeah i'm like i'm not doing all that uh, that all just goes in the garbage i'm not wasting my time Hmm. And then uh, and then we have yard waste pickup. That's every two weeks in the summer, only in the summer. So they'll pick up like your leaves and uh, you're not supposed to put, you're not supposed to put grass clippings in there. Uh, what do you do with grass clippings? Just mulch it, mulch it, and leave it on the lawn. It on my, your neighbor's lawn. <laughs> my parents they lived in front of a uh, like the bush. So you can just go in the back of the bush and <laughs> toss it, it in there. the woods, yeah. yeah. And that's what everyone did. All the neighbors did. There was a spot back there where everyone just tossed their grass clippings. Um, but it's actually like better at like this time of year when it's really hot to leave your grass clippings on the lawn because uh, it keeps it uh, keeps it cool. It doesn't mm. dry it out. Keep something there. Yeah. But I just that. mulch it all year round. I don't care. You get anybody that burns their trash? 
Uh, not in town. Like you're not. They're really not supposed to in town. And yeah, as far as they, I know, they nobody got that, does. They got that around here. A lot of people would burn their, uh, you know, leaves and and clippings and stuff. Yeah. But because it's kind of rural around here, but they they say, ah, you're not supposed to do that anymore. But still, you see tons of people doing it. A buddy of mine who lives in Bracebridge. This was probably. 10 or 15 years ago, we went over there. He's going to have a bonfire. Bracebridge is, uh, it's about an hour north of Barrie. It's way up there. And he lived off on a town road and we get there for this bonfire. And it was like the, the fuel for this fire was well over our heads. It was massive because mm-hmm. he had uh, a couple of acres and he cleared out underneath all of these pine trees uh, all the pine needles and that, and then all like the you know stuff that the pine cones, and then all the stuff that was accumulated under there, and mm-hmm. then just whatever he had lying around, he just wanted to burn it all. And he sets this thing off, and holy crap, it was a massive fire. Uh, there were people like driving down the street, like slowing down, like what's going on here? And hmm. I think somebody called the fire department on him. I'm pretty sure uh, we might have left. <laughs> At some point, the fire department showed up. I don't. I don't think you got ticketed or anything like that, or fined. I guess, but yeah, it was a big bonfire. Man, you gotta be careful with that stuff. You don't have it controlled properly. That that bonfire can yeah. quickly turn into a, a city fire. I mean, it was out in the middle of a clearing, you know, so it wasn't going to. Mm. Yeah, it would have to the wind would have to be really blowing for it to get out of control. So I don't know. I think he was told though, like he advised not to do it again kind of thing. I don't know if he ever did. They do it at my daughter's school every, um, uh, once a year they have a, it's intentional. They build this big, it looks like a big teepee. They use bamboo and they build this giant thing and they set it on fire. And it's all uh, supervised by the uh, fire department. So they have the truck there and okay. they hose down the area around it. And it's just a big event. And they're very careful. They, they go through the thing before they set it on fire to make sure there's no kids in there and stuff. <laughs> no kids but in the bonfire. Yeah, yeah, well, because um, you're supposed to take... It's after New Year's. So there's this decoration that people put on their houses and stuff and to celebrate New Year's and then a lot of people throw them in there. So people are always walking up and putting bags and stuff on there. So they have the, the firefighters like crawl through the thing and call <laughs> out for kids. And then once it's clear, they torch it. Wow. That sounds that thing goes up quick. Oh, it's big. I guess they're not worried about air pollution in Japan when China is like blowing enough pollution your way that just, Oh know. yeah. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we got plenty from China. We'll take a few uh, pieces of bamboo are going to hurt us. Hey, you know what we have? What? We got an outline for this episode. Yeah, maybe we should uh, do something with it. Uh, let's just do the little bit of house cleaning. Uh, well, I don't feel like doing episode 122 yet. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll do it another time. Um, just remind everyone that the Quick Save Club is playing Commander Keen. Um, very um, polarizing series let me tell you uh from the comments over in our discord uh some people uh well one person loves it (laughs) that's all i'll say i can imagine who that is (laughs) one person loves it uh the rest are i don't know so maybe you should check out commander keen let us know and uh, let us know what you think 
then uh, Cartridge Club, they're playing Chrono Trigger this month. I see a lot of people posting their Chrono Trigger photos over on the, the Twitter. So check them out. CC Portable's playing the Angry Video Game Nerd game. Uh, I think you can play that on the 3DS or anything else you want uh, to play it on because it was on a bunch of consoles and the PC, of course. Uh, so you can join them in playing that game. It's a fun game. I played it myself. And uh, then RF Gen is playing Dang Gang Ralpa. <laughs> Two goodbye despair. Good luck with that one. Um, but next month they're playing uh, Saints Row Three. Yeah, I'm giving a preview next month in September. Saints Row Three, and that's good times. So I'm thinking of firing that up and uh, doing a couple things I, I uh, haven't got to uh, do yet in that game. Like I, you know. I kind of, towards the end there, you just kind of get towards the end, and uh, there was some stuff I left open, so I might go and do that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we forgot in the last episode to mention the Berry Game Exchange, happening uh, sometime in, like, a month from now, in September. I think it's September 15th? Uh, it's a Sunday? Wait, let me check. September 15th, on the Sunday. So there you go. So there'll be a lot of Cartridge Club people there. Um, the night before, Bill is having a barbecue. So all you need to do uh, to get an invite uh, to Bill's barbecue uh, the evening before the Berry Game Exchange is just find out his home address. If you know his home address, um, you get an invite. So just I, think uh, I have that somewhere. Do your magic, Google. Do your magic. Um, so that'll be good times, and the Berry Game Exchange itself will be good times. Doors open at eleven for VIPs, ten or twelve o'clock for everyone else. And, uh, yeah, I'll have a table there. I'll be part of the Cartridge Club crew. We'll have red tablecloths, apparently. Red. Red? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I heard. Are you uh, doing, like, a shining thing? I guess so. Like a shining thing. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be good times. I got some stuff uh, priced out already. Uh, I got a, a complete inbox Wii, if you ever want one of those. I still have to test it out hey, make sure yeah. <laughs> make sure it works. I was at the I was at the bookstore the other day, just on a whim, and uh, I think I saw about five or six boxed Wii's. Really? Yeah. Everyone's mm. dumping out of those, eh? Now they still hold some value here. Anyways, people are looking for them still. Like people. Well, get... I I I'm gonna hang on to my Wii even after my kids are done with. I'm hanging on to it just because it's got all my uh my ROMs and stuff on there. That's right. Yeah, mine too. Um. Yeah. And then I think, what else I got? I got some PlayStation 2s and that. Yeah, it'll be good times. It'll be fun. All right, that's it for house cleaning. Nice. What games you've been beating, playing and beating? All right. Um, I forget what the last game I played was last week, but I'm still going through my Steam library, and I'm just having fun uh, actually playing those games. Yeah. I, I often look through the library. I'm like, yeah, look at all these games I got. <laughs> uh, I bought these games. It tells me I bought these games like three years ago. Yeah, and you haven't bought touched this game Five years ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just want to start knocking them off. I, I made a deal with myself that I'm going to... I don't have a set number, but I want to beat a few games before I go buying uh, more. And it's, I found it's actually a lot of fun to play these games yeah. instead of just collecting them. That's why you bought them, to play them. Yeah. So uh, I started up this game, uh, Quantum Conundrum. Have you heard of this one? Yeah, I actually played it a bit. I had it on the 360. It was like a, mm. like a 
I think I picked it up for like two bucks or something like that. And uh, I, to me, it felt a little bit like a poor man's uh, portal with uh, exactly John DeLacy. That's that, that was my impression. DeLancey. 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 Whatever. Uh, Q with Q. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was the the highlight of the game, um, but I played through it. Uh, it's it's uh, it does feel like Portal because uh, the uh, the head designer worked on Portal. Oh, like the right. Same, uh, person, she she moved from Valve and, right. and then she worked on this. And uh, I was thinking the same thing as I was playing it. Uh, but it's a pretty fun game. Uh, it's a puzzle game uh, where you have to uh, change dimensions in order to figure out. Uh, puzzles. So you have uh, your regular dimension where everything operates within normal um, physics and, and, and real life situations. But then you enter the fluffy dimension where everything becomes lighter. Right. And then you can do the heavy dimension where naturally everything becomes heavier. And then later on, as you go through the game, there's also um, uh, what is it? There is the slow, like a slow motion dimension. And then there is also uh, reverse gravity. Everything flies up towards the ceiling. And at first, it's pretty simple where you have to open a door. You have to put something on this uh, sensor pad. So there's a safe. And the safe is too heavy for you to pick up. So you go to the fluffy dimension. You can pick it up, move it, put it on the, the platform, then return it to normal time. And then it becomes heavy again, and it opens the door. So it's a lot of problems like that. Or um, there's some there's a place you need to access, but it's behind a pane of glass. So you can pick up the fluffy safe, throw it, and then while it's in midair, change it back to regular. It becomes hard again. It can break the glass. Right. And there's just a lot of puzzles like that they have to figure out. But then as you go later in the game, you got these four different dimensions to work with, and it becomes necessary to switch dimensions like between jumps or you know. It, you can do really clever things like you can pick up the safe when it's fluffy, throw it, go to slow motion, jump on top of the safe so that you're riding it, then use the reverse gravity to lift the safe up and then come out of reverse gravity so it goes down again, but the forward momentum is carrying it, so it's actually, like, zigzagging forward through the, the environment. You can ride it to, like, the opposite side of the room. It's really, really clever. Um, and then the highlight really is John Delancey's narration. Yeah. The uh, whole thing is that he is your... your um, what's that word? Um, not erratic... Um, starts with an E, eccentric, eccentric. He's your eccentric uncle, and you've just been dropped off at his mansion, and then something happens. He goes missing in one of these dimensions, and you're trying to figure out how to get him back. But he can communicate with you the entire time, so John Delance, he's just narrating through the entire game. Uh, and, and when you have a talented person like that doing voiceover, it makes the game really, really fun. And it's very light, very comical. And I don't know. I think if you like Portal and those kind of games... It's a fun time. Yeah, I, I did get far in it. Uh, I, th I think up to the point where it started, you had to start juggling between four dimensions at once. I think that's where I kind of mm -hmm. like fell off of it. I, I remember now it was my, it was the year that I was doing the um, CCABC challenge where you needed to knock off a game uh, with every letter. <laughs> okay. So that was going to be my cue. 
And I think... I, I, so that's why I was playing it. And I thought, oh, this will be an easy game to beat. And then it got to that. And I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. And then I ended up playing uh, Quicks instead. You know that QIX uh, game? That There's a whole bunch of them. Um, where you? I remember you talking about this. Yeah, like you just what the game is. Yeah, you just uh, it's it's like you're a dot that goes like there's like a square like that's the gameplay area. It's like a square or a rectangle, and uh, there's like a beast in the middle of the rectangle, and you have to clear off portions of the the square until you finally corner it, the monster so it dies, or and it's like it's all like um. Uh, like uh, vector graphic kind of things like the older games were anyways, mm-hmm. they've gotten more and more crazy, but uh, I was just, it, it was based on an arcade game. And so I guess when they ported it over, I think this was the game boy version or something. They just pretty much like, if you beat like, if you beat around, you get credits <laughs> kind of thing. So I was just <laughs> playing it. Like uh, I'm thinking I got credits. I'm like, Oh, Hey, there's my cue. <laughs> so I don't have to finish that quantum <laughs> conundrum game now. <laughs> so there you go. Um, well, that was fun all the way through. The only thing is, it the ending is like you hit a brick wall. It, it just you don't get a satisfactory conclusion to the story. Oh, it's it just, yeah. eh, no. the The game itself was fun, but the story, hmm. as, as entertaining as the narration was, it just stops. Um, I moved on to this other game called the Blackwell Legacy. It's another point and click game. Um, fairly contemporary made within the past 10 years or so and there's a whole series there uh and according to steam uh sarah also plays this game it looks familiar I sh- yeah it's um the story is about uh, this freelance writer and her aunt grandmother her aunt recently died and then um she's She's learning about her past. Apparently, her grandmother and her aunt both had this form of dementia, and that they kind of went crazy. Um, and then the, the thing is that there's this old spirit who's like this Humphrey Bogart ghost who has been like linked to her family, and together you're supposed to solve mysteries. Sounds really stupid. Um, unfortunately, it takes like a, a third of the game for that guy to show up. Oh. Um, and it's really just not that good from what I could tell so far. Um, the writing is okay, but the voice acting is just like that other game I played. The voice acting is terrible. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I, I complained about that other game, Kathy Rain, last time, uh, and how it just seemed like they weren't writing good female characters. I feel the same way for this one. Or maybe it's just me and, and I, I don't get it. But it seems like a lot of these contemporary female characters you're supposed to latch onto in these games, they come across as just being awkward and and different for the sake of being different, just to try to get rid of those old stereotypes of what female characters are like. Because this this one, she's she's socially awkward. She's a writer. They go through all these different things of why she would not want to be around people. And it just seems like everything she says is either sarcastic or negative. Mm. And and it's I understand if you want to make a character like that, but if she's the protagonist, she also has to be kind of likable and you want to you want to see her progress and see her overcome. 
but I just find her to be very annoying. So it's another one of those games where I had to shut off the speech and just go with the uh, the text. <laughs> and I reached a point now where it was seriously like 20 minutes of just story. And all you do is, okay, she said it, click. What does this guy say? Click. What does this guy say? Click, click. And I'm just clicking really fast to get through the story. And then you get to the point where you have options of what to say. And I'm like, just whatever gets me through this conversation as quickly as possible. And there's like no puzzles to solve you're, you're basically just saying okay you have to go here next okay i'm here you have to talk to this person okay talk to this person now go over here and here and, and i think there was one puzzle that i had to figure out this far in the game mm. so i'm not enjoying it too much but i've heard it's kind of short and i think i'm about a third of the way through so i might push on a little more but i feel bad because i bought the whole series oh like, uh I don't know if I'm gonna Ugh. get through these. There's like five games. Well, I uh, just uh, quickly checked on uh, CaughtMeGaming.wordpress.com uh, to see if Sarah reviewed this Blackwell Legacy, and she did back in 2014. Oh, so okay. you can go check that out, and it is titled "Feeling Trolled by the Back Blackwell Legacy." Ooh, so, all right. Oh, it seems uh, a bit skating. There's some memes in here, <laughs> so I vaguely remember reading this. It was, it was a few years ago, so I'll have to uh, reread that one. But there you go. Okay, I, I think I'm going to enjoy that review. Yeah, it sounds like. It's Where a can few, I find that review again? You, you can find it over at WordPress. It's copmegaming.wordpress.com. Gotcha. Just just type in copy gaming to Google, and mm-hmm. it'll come up. Will do. It sounds like you two are on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, still playing that. I beat Bald Bull. I got the title. Okay. And now I'm up to uh, Piston Honda. I forgot that uh, some of the characters return right. again. Uh, but I just haven't had the time to really sit down with it. So I haven't made any progress Piston against him. Honda, I think that the second time he shows up, I actually remember making it to him. So maybe that's as far as I got in the game. I probably got past him. You remember Solopinski? Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Right. Mm. So I'll get through that someday. Someday. Hey, you like the Matrix? No. <laughs> yeah, like not really, right? I you said you're okay with the first one. It was it was all right. I just my my issue, and I've said this many many times. I have a problem with alternate realities and. Mm. Think like it just—it's such a cop out to me. It's just such a lazy writing. It's like, why is everything weird? Because we're in an alternate reality. Oh yeah, that, that's it. That just explains everything. And I don't like stuff in dream worlds, you know, like especially when there's like no, like all they gotta do is wake up and everything's fine. Just wake up. You're okay. Well, they can't wake up and everything's fine because there's machines that turn them into batteries. Uh, and I then don't, the machines will get them without their without their kung fu powers. Uh, I don't I don't like it. It's just not my thing. Uh, anyway, I thought I would revisit the sequels because uh, I don't I'd seen the first movie a couple of times, and I'm okay with the first movie now. Uh, but the sequels I had, I saw once when they came out. I was like, oh, here's the next one. Oh, that was sucked. And then I saw the last one. I was like, oh, this is boring. Uh, so I thought I'd give them another shot. 
I only made it about 20 minutes, and I had to shut that thing off. Wow. They're still terrible. Yeah. Yeah. How did they screw them up so bad? Like, what was... I? Like, it's, I've never seen them. Uh, my biggest complaint with uh, the sequels, or really the entire trilogy, is that the whole thing is that they're these humans that are enslaved by machines. And they're like, we got to stop these machines, right? These machines are bad. We're people. We, we got to save humanity. Right. But every time they go into the Matrix world and they put on their fancy leather suits and their sunglasses, they all walk around like robots and they have no sense of humanity about them. They stand up perfectly straight. They have these like stock still, no expression faces. And they sit around talking about, we must go to the, the heart of Zion and we will stop the alien invasion. Oh, Morpheus, it is good to see you again. And then, then they're just robot people. I don't like it. There, there's no humanity there. And then uh, the second one starts, they're like in this cave and they're having this, they're having like a, a rave and everybody's like dancing in, in their jungle outfits. And I don't get it. Is Keanu Reeves in them? He's in this, is he in the sequels? Yeah, yeah, uh, he's in them. They start doing the whole Jesus thing with him, and you uh, know, then I don't know. It's I don't think those movies have aged well. There was a very um, finite time when when it was like leather trench coats were like really big, and that that was like you. That's all you needed to sell the movies. Like ooh, leather <laughs> trench coat man, small phones, small flip phones. Yeah, nobody had seen those before. Uh, the, uh, so I, I I call malarkey on those sequels. Well, I thought Not, the sequels were, were never well received. It was only the first one. I don't think so. I, I've, from what I can tell, they went down in in quality, but also in uh, visual effects. Like the effects of the first movie, uh, they they made a lot of changes. You know, after that whole bullet time thing, that was like game changer for Hollywood. We had to step up our CG. Even though it was a uh, ripoff of uh, a guest commercial. A guest commercial? Yeah. Guest jeans. Yeah. They did the, it's the exact same technology they used for guest jeans. And they said, oh, we'll put oh. that in a movie. And now and no one remembers that, that it was actually a guest jeans commercial. They only remember oh. the movie. I do remember that uh, they had bullet time in Blade, which came out before uh, The Matrix. Granted, the CGI in that movie does not look good. It wasn't really bullet time. It was just like... Uh, they would throw like uh, like the guy would throw the girl up in the air like cheerleader style and she'd be doing the splits and then the camera would like it was using the same technology where the cameras go all the way around you kind of thing like that's that was okay, the board well, yeah. thing right and it's the exact same thing exact same mm. so when I saw it in the movie I was like oh okay it's like the guest gene thing yeah what, what do you got for me Matrix besides that let's see story there's no story you got Neo he's the one <laughs> He's the one. The guy beside know, me. First movie. When fine. we saw, we I like I've only seen it in the theater the one time, mm. and the guy beside me fell asleep. I'm not shitting you. Fell right asleep. <laughs> Started snoring really loudly. I was like, yeah, I, I get it. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with the first one. Second one, meh. Actually, okay. fun fact: it was the same guy who set off the bonfire in uh, Bracebridge. Oh, yeah, hey. Same dude. He was tuckered out from yeah. raking all those leaves. And then he would like go on about how good the Matrix is. And I was like, I was like, with you in the theater when you saw it. You fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you started snoring. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Right. I don't know. 
Um, I also watched The Dark Crystal. That's everyone's Jim favorite uh, Jim Henson Muppet movie, right. which I, I don't think I'd ever seen before. Me neither. Um, I saw... I, I definitely saw one scene as a kid, because there's one scene I had a very vivid memory of where there's like these... Um, the good monster people are walking, and like one of them disappears while they're walking. And I, I had a, that's all I knew about this movie. Uh, but I hear people go on and on and on about it all the time. So I figured, all right, let's watch this thing. And I'll tell you, if you are down with puppetry and you want to see some masterful puppetry and just beautiful set design, this movie is amazing. It's like, I can't believe that they got that much stuff done with like all practical puppetry, you know, on screen, people under the under the stage, you know, pulling ropes and, and moving things. And it's really amazing to look at that, that they uh, created all this stuff and the costumes and stuff. Makes Jabba the Hutt look like a sock puppet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, as as fun as the Audrey 2 is, it's like the entire set, everything is just an extension of that. You know, it's right. all just really breathtaking. If you want um, an entertaining and engaging story and, and wonderful characters you can follow along to. Look, look elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I found the film itself, the story was really dull and just very cliche. I understand it's made largely for kids, but I didn't find it to be very entertaining, um, it, which is surprising because with the Muppets, there's so much humor in, in that show and that series and everything they've done. And even things uh, like the other endeavors, like Little Shop of Horrors, where they have the creative team or Yoda. It's like they, they know how to have fun with it. But it seems like it was just played very straight, mm. uh, especially with the main characters. And it's it's just dull. It's just really, really dull, which is a shame. So as I was watching it, I, I was thinking to myself, the perfect balance would be if they made this into like a Disney World attraction. You know, like you go on It's a Small World and you ride through the boat and then you, you see different scenes and they get the animatronics going. Mm -hmm. If they told this story like that, where you get in your little car and you're going through the darkness and then you see, oh, here's the character. Look at this great surrounding and they're moving around and telling little bits of the story and then you go to the, the next part and then you know oh you see the bad guys and stuff that would be really cool and you leave the ride thinking that was amazing they should make this into a movie and then you go buy a t-shirt in the souvenir shop and like a little puppet or something and you, you just leave out you'd leave feeling like wow this is amazing but uh now the film itself <laughs> i don't know Not good you've time. never seen it I th I'm pretty sure I've seen it when I was a kid, um, and I just I, I have like a negative vibe towards it. Like there's something about it that I, I think I didn't like it as a kid, so I, I don't know. I, but I like you know there's a lot of things I don't like that everyone loves, like ET. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, uh, but I don't. Know. I haven't seen it in in forever, so I would need to yeah. rewatch it to. I think if I grew up watching it, I'd probably have an appreciation for it. But um, I don't know. The like I said, the puppetry and stuff is is amazing. I thought the um, the villain characters. There's one scene where they're eating. That was the best scene in the movie. 
because it's just you you watch the puppetry and they're kind of uh, they're messy eaters so there's some comedy there and levity and i think if you watch the 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 skanks the skeeks whatever they were called mm. I don't know. So the scene act- with them eating. That, they actually had puppets in with movie. like messing around with real food. Um, well, some sloppy goo that I guess was food. I don't mm-hmm. know. Because like even the like the Swedish chef, it would be like uh, Jim Henson's hands, right? And someone else working the the mouth while mm-hmm. he did like all like it wouldn't be puppet hands, of course, like to do all the throwing around and all that stuff and oh, getting well, it right in with the food. I, I... It was pretty elaborate. Yeah. I mean, it was for those characters. You could tell it was it was people wearing. There's like a guy underneath wearing it, but then you know they, you have to have a couple other puppeteers working the hands and the eyes and all that. It's always a like an assisted process. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it reminds me of a movie that I watched when I was a kid, and I just recently rewatched. And mm-hmm. this is uh, Disney's movie from 1979 called The Black Hole. Have you ever seen The Black Hole? No, I haven't. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Uh, all I remembered was uh, from it was this um, floating robot that was kind of like R2-D2, but could talk. And um, so watching it this time, it was like it all started to come back to me. Uh, and... Um, yeah, it's um, not a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. Uh, so the movie came out in 79. It was like Disney's response, I guess, to Star Wars. Like, oh, we need to put out a big epic space uh, film uh, out there. And, you know, we'll have like a little robot like our R2-D2 that the kids will love. And uh, it'll be a nice epic space adventure. But the problem with the movie is really the only problem with the movie is that Star Wars happened. Uh, and kind of changed how these epic space adventures were. This was like a movie from 1959. Like the script, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like dusted the script off from 1959 and said, hey, let's let's just make this. Because it was, it kind of felt a little more like, um, um, you know, something from uh, like The Thing or um, not The Thing, not John Carpenter's The Thing, but the original one. Uh, or um, uh, like fifties monster movie, sci-fi, yeah, like a lighter, just very campier time. Yeah, very schlocky, you know. Very, yeah, it's just camp. Like there's no Han Solo character, no grittiness, no like gritty rebellion mm. ships or anything like that. Uh, it was just like they they go to this this ship that they thought uh, was lost uh, that had disappeared, and uh, they sync up with it from their vessel onto this big uh, science vessel and they find out that this one scientist who th- they thought they th- thought was dead was still around and he's the only guy that has survived uh, this deep space mission to go uh to explore a, a black hole so um this guy he gets really obsessed with black holes and he gets obsessed with uh wanting to go through a black hole actually going into a black hole and uh as Sorry, I'm going to let out some spoilers here because this movie is really a waste of your time. <laughs> it was a waste of my time as I watched it too. Uh, so just a word of warning. Uh, so it turns out that this guy um, actually, like he's got all these robot mi- minions all around. And mm-hmm. as things are happening, like the robots have a funeral. And they're like, hmm, that's odd. Why would robots have a funeral? And then, they, you know, the robots have um, 
uh, one of those uh, space gardens, whatever those are called. Um, you know, where you, space you grow... Space garden? Yeah, where you grow uh, plants in space, and you, you use the artificial light. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of that thing. But they got one of those. Planetarium? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Something nah. like that? I don't know. Anyways, they got gardens out in space. Well, what do, what do robots need to uh, grow food for? So then, of course, it turns out the robots are actually the old crew that are all messed up and hopped up on like weird space drugs and uh mind altering stuff and all that so this guy has just totally enslaved everybody who is in this crew and uh they they find out uh and then you know it goes on from there there's like a big giant robot that starts pushing around the little r2d2 robot that you're supposed to be in love with and they have a big epic space fight and it's just like this robot that's on you know on on wires and uh it has like it it doesn't talk in bleeps and bloops right like it has full language and it meets another robot that's like it and it has full language too but it has like a southern drawl and he's like the dopey one and i don't know it was just yeah like if it came out even if it came out in 1959 it wouldn't have been that great of a movie but just kind of hilarious that it came out in 79 and uh. that's probably what you said you know yeah. Star Wars happened. They said, "Hey, what do we got?" Yeah, Let's we got to go do something. The old uh, files. Oh, there. uh, there's this idea that's been floating around for 20 years, but you guys didn't want to make it because it was too expensive. So let's do this. I, and they put like a lot of money into it, into the special effects and that, even though they don't look as good as Star Wars. Because the one thing that they did, like that, they made sense is that they a lot of the the visual effects in Star Wars was done in a way uh, to complement what they could do well with special effects, right? Like you have the um, the the, the uh, Imperial Walkers, for instance, and they're like, okay, we can really do this well with stop animation. Like that's something that we could pull off, you know. So that becomes part of of the movie, uh, or even lightsabers or whatever. We like we can do that. We can make it look cool. Um, whereas in this movie, you could just tell there was no imagination like that. Like there's portions of the movie where they're in space. Or in, uh, they, they have no gravity on the ship. So they're just on wires floating around. And they just look like they're people on wires. They don't look like they're floating around. They're move, like mm-hmm. they're even doing the cheesy, like, we'll move really slowly because we're in space, you know. Because when you float underwater, because you have water to, you know, uh, inhibit your movement, that's why you move slowly underwater. And everyone assumes that's how it is in space. But there's nothing in there in space. You can still, it's like moving through air. It's not, but they're all doing the slowly, like, oh, I'm going to push this button while I'm on mm. these wires. And it's just like, they spend all this money on these effects, you know, and it, when it comes to like the, something practical like that, it's like, why not just have gravity on the ship? You know, like, why are you wasting your time with these stupid wires? Yeah. Kind of thing. Even the little robot, like, uh, why they had him float, you know, like they were smart to say, okay, we can't, you can't really make this look good throughout an entire film, you know, and the robot just like, like the robot does like this little spin move where he spins all, like all the way around, like from top. Mm. And every time he does it, he has to be like standing in front of something. So like the pole could be sticking through the wall and then the back mm. so could spin him. <laughs> just bad stuff like that. So, eh. Yeah, they tried. Yeah, they wanted some money. That's that's it. Yeah. Um. So I watched that, and then I've been watching the Mad Max movies. I watched um, the first three. Uh, mm-hmm. it was a rewatch of the first two. It was the first time I actually sat and watched uh, Beyond the Thunderdome all the way through, and I might get to the fourth movie again. I have it in 4K, 
so I probably should get to it at some point. But um, I just they were just on my PVR. I'd record them on uh, off of uh, the movie network, so I was just clearing off space off the PVR. So it's the first time I watched Mad Max. Or no, sorry, I bought Mad Max on Blu-ray. That's right, I found the Blu-ray, and then I had Beyond the Thunderdome on the PVR. Hmm. So first I've time, never seen any of them. Well, it's the first time for me. I had seen it since before college it was definitely on vhs and uh you know it's not as dystopian as i remember it, it, it kind of happens like i guess early on it occurs early on in their dystopian society and uh mad max is like a cop and he it's it's almost like a highway patrol thing like they just kind of mm-hmm. patrol these uh, uh highways in in australia and keep uh you know keep the peace on there because People have gone crazy, like they're driving around in all these crazy uh, cars and that and harassing people and that. So that that's basically what they do. So uh, he messes up with, he gets entangled with the wrong people who um, seek revenge on him. And it becomes like a bit of a revenge story, kind of almost like um, like Death Wish, where, you know, mm-hmm. he comes a little bit of a vin- vigilante because, uh, you know, he goes off the, like he's still a cop in this one, but he kind of takes uh, the law into his own hands kind of thing and it's pretty good you know it's uh not uh not the best movie it's uh uh, small like they didn't have much of a budget for it It was made it was made in australia um and i don't think it even got a north american release so that's why the sequel to mad max is called the road warrior and not mad max 2 because uh they couldn't put out a mad max <laughs> two if no one had seen one kind mm. of thing right okay so when the sequel the sequel did they put a little more money into into the road warrior and the sequel did make it uh, to north america so it was called mad max 2 in australia and i believe europe but here it was called the road warrior um and uh that's a great movie it's good times so, like it takes place i've in, heard that's the best one yeah um just like all the like all the bad guys dress in bondage outfits <laughs> and that it gets a little weird that way, but, um, but it's good. It holds up. Um, there's one, uh, you know, little kid, like, it's just funny. Like the stuff that I remember from, from when I watched it, like there's this kid that he throws like this, uh, uh, little boomerang thing that has like a, mm-hmm. a, a knife, uh, thing in it. Right. So the first time he throws it, it's funny, like, I remember him throwing it, and this guy's like, reaches up to grab it as it as it's coming back, and he, when he goes to grab it, like, all of his fingers go flying off, right? Hmm. And I remember that being like, oh, that's like, ooh, that's like the gory part of the movie. But the first time, that was like the second time he threw it. The first time he throws it, it actually impales in someone, like, right in their face, and they go down, <laughs> and the kid actually has to pick it up out of his face and to throw it again. And I'm like, is that weird? Like how I don't, re- I didn't remember that. And that's, in theory, way more graphic. But what stuck out in my head was the fingers falling off that one guy. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Still holds up. And then the uh, first time I watched uh, Beyond the Thunderdome, I'd seen bits and pieces on TV. Uh, the movie has a good first half, solid first half, and then it kind of goes downhill because it becomes like he's got to protect these kids, and it becomes like a kind of like almost like mad max 
meets the Goonies. Like, <laughs> and it, it, yeah. it doesn't It's work. a tough thing to put kids in an action movie. Yeah. And it's weird. I I don't know if I... Uh, I'll wait till you watch it. I, I want to I know what your opinion is. I on am your, interested in watching it. So yeah. I'll, I'll try I, to bump that up on my... Uh, I want to know what you what you what you think of the ending of Beyond the Thunderdome because it's a, it's a little weird. And then that's it. That's all pretty much I watched except for the dirt. You watched it too, the Motley Crue. If you're talking movie? about the Motley Crue documentary, yeah, yeah. Well, a biopic. That's right. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you write it in here, so I figured, hey, I I, I was aware of that movie, so. Yeah, it's uh, it. a Netflix original. So I, uh, you know, it's been on my radar for. It came out in the springtime or whatever. And I like my movie uh, biopics for the most part. Um, and this one was, uh, wow, they did a lot of stuff. <laughs> they did a lot <laughs> of, uh, of stuff, and there was a lot of a uh, lot of nudity in this movie. A lot of uh, sex oh, yeah. happening. Uh, a lot of drugs being uh, taken. Um, they kind of sugarcoated some things. I like. I was kind of impressed. Well, I, I I knew this was going to happen because when I saw it was based off of a book. Of course, you read the book and uh, you know no. all the details of the true life. Actually, no. I I I haven't read the book. It's just kind of like really. Yeah, it's oh. kind of just stuff that. Yeah, because I'm not really that big of a Motley Crue fan. They're not really. I like. I don't know. They're not. Uh, they're like. Uh, to me, Motley Crue is '80s Kiss. Like Kiss was the <laughs> '70s, and whatever, and then Kiss couldn't like duplicate that again in the '80s. So Motley Crue kind of filled in that slot. Like they weren't a a very good band. They didn't have a very good singer. Their best member, the best member of that band, was Tommy Lee, the drummer. He was absolutely the most talented. Uh, the rest of them kind of suck, uh, and are, were helped by studio musicians and a lot of studio uh, editing and dubbing. Um, I'm sure that they put on a solid show now. If you were to go see them live, I'm sure that they would, you know, you'd be impressed. I'm sure there's people behind the stage helping them out on some parts of those songs. Um, but because I, I just don't think they're physically able to, to play some of that stuff now, uh, other than Tommy Lee, I, I have mad respect for that guy. But the, the rest of them are just, I don't know, they're just they're for show. They're not a real rock and roll band. Um, but uh, I was interested in like their their life and like all the you know I, I'm just interested in how people get into the music business and how the music business works and all that stuff, um, and you know like some of it was like like Ozzy Osbourne makes an appearance in the movie, and you know he's in it for like maybe two minutes, and they combine like about there's like seven wild stories about Ozzy. That's out there as and what he did while he was with Motley Crue and he toured with them for like a few years, right? So there was like a few things that had happened, you know, a few crazy things that had happened over the years, and they just pile it all into like this two minutes, right? Like there's a yeah. legendary story of Ozzy walking around in the woman's robe and how he would just go around and flash people. He wouldn't be wearing pants. The legendary story of how he uh, snorted a line of ants. The legendary story of how he uh, drank piss off his own piss off the ground. And then the legendary story of how he drank someone else's piss off the ground. And I don't know. It was just like all done within like two minutes. It was like, okay, this is like, like I, I know Ozzy has the reputation of being a madman. And a lot of stuff he does is crazy and for attention. And a lot of stuff was blown out in the media. I mean, even the stuff on that TV show, the Osbournes, he was like out of his mind, like with on 
prescription drugs. You know, if you watch him on interviews and that, he's actually kind of normal. They just gave him prescription drugs and said, go act weird uh, and we'll make a show around it. But there was that. And then, they, I mean, like, they kind of sugarcoated, like, Tommy Lee, like, like Heather Locklear left him because he was abusive. Other, a lot of women complained about, uh, uh, about his abuse and all that. Uh, and in the movie, they, they, sh- they went there once and they made the, the woman that he hit, like, well, she deserved it because she was really yeah. mean to him, you yeah. know, and that, mm-hmm. that just didn't really sit well with me. Kind of like, eh. Well, they were they were uh, involved with the project as they were all listed as uh, producers or executive producers. So I think they they were able to say, like, ah, don't go this far. Yeah. You know, uh, I was impressed, though, that they did take on uh, Vince Neal's, uh, you know, he, he killed that one guy in the uh drinking and driving thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, I was, he was a lead singer of, oh, I can't remember the name of the band. Um, but anyways, yeah, he, he, he went out drinking and driving one day and just killed, like just killed this guy. Um, and he's only served like 19 days in prison or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But they were able to bring it back because I know this is kind of, I don't know, weird and morbid to say, but I, I don't know if it would have been put into the movie if they would have been able to bring him back if his uh, daughter didn't die of cancer, <laughs> you know, like they were almost, right. they were he almost able reprieve. to, re- yes, yeah. they were able to redeem his character because it's like, Oh, I kind of feel bad for him now. You know, like, I, I don't know, but all in all, it was, it was pretty decent. Like there's some good bio flicks out there. There's some bad. I thought it was better than the queen one. Um, not as good as some others. Uh, but it was a decent watch, and you know it was just there on Netflix, so why the hell not? Yep. Oh. Yeah, I, I found it entertaining. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know a thing about uh, Motley Crue's personal history. I really don't research any of that, so it's not something I would have watched uh, on my own. I just saw you had it there, so I watched it. And the first five minutes or so, I was feeling a little shaky because it's it's cranked up to 11 mm-hmm. like right when it starts and yeah. they show all the insane crazy things. And then they show uh Nikki six with his home life as a child. And, you know, immediately it's like him shouting in a shouting match with his mom and there's all this swearing and then cutting and stuff going on. I was like, Oh man, is this whole movie going to be like this? I gotta, I, I need you to slow down so I can latch on to some of these uh, personalities. And then right. it, it does, it does get there. But, um, I don't know, wild times. Yeah. The only thing um, I could say about it is I, it still creeps me out. Like, I understand how the practical effect works, but I hate when they show close-ups of needles in mm. movies. It, <laughs> I always have to block the screen a little bit. <laughs> and that one was sticking out of his vein there for a good uh, two, yeah. three minutes. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of that going on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. But it was it was good overall. It was good. Um, I it's the guy who played Tommy Lee is like I don't know his name's like Machine Gun Kelly, like the old gangster. <laughs> That's his name. He's a rapper or something like that. I was looking up the people I in this know. movie. The other guy was in Game of Thrones. Um, oh, yeah. uh, Gabe. Gabe was in it. He played their manager, Gabe from uh, Breaking Bad. That's right. Yes, and um, uh, 
the other guy was Tommy Davison. He's on SNL now or was on within the last couple of years or something. He was the, the other guy. The record One guy, thing record I, I did like, though, is uh, they did a little fourth wall breaking where they talk mm-hmm. to the camera at certain yeah. times. And there was one point where, they're, where they are first introduced to their manager and um, they're telling, like, they meet him at a party, but then they stop and, and one of the characters is saying, well, we didn't actually meet him here. We, we met him somewhere else and there was some other guy who wasn't important enough to include in this movie and then they, they just dissolve his character. <laughs> yeah. out of it. And then and they so put- he's like... Just go with it. Yeah. Well, they have to do that sometimes in movies, right? Like, uh, right. Well, yeah, you have to. That's a lot of story to cram into two hours. Yeah. So that was one other thing I felt like they're really moving fast, you know, from, yeah. from one point to the next. But it it was just a nice little nod for the, the fans out there who would be aware of these facts. They're saying, look, we know, but can we just get on with the telling the story? Like the. Uh, the best one I know is from the Howard Stern movie was the the character played by Paul Giamatti, Pig Vomit, in that movie was actually based on two different characters. Like there was stuff that Howard had, he had problems with two different people, uh, but they just had to c- condense it into one just to fit it into the the movie. So the, the guy was actually called Pig Virus on, on air on the Howard Stern show, uh, but they had to change it to Vomit if they wanted to include this other person's stories into this one because they couldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. I imagine there was some that part of it as well. Like I imagine that was the, like the reasoning why you know, like if they had two characters, it just would have became too confusing and had to cram mm. a lot in there. Um, yeah. I did like the Tommy, like when Tommy Lee was going through his his day and how that was all put together. That yeah, kind of yeah, felt like the, Martin the Scorsese pro in front of him. Yeah, that felt like mm. Martin Scorsese esque, like the ending of uh, Goodfellas. You know, with the helicopter mm. and all that and the pasta. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like that, and I uh, actually I, I was watching it with Sarah. But if I wasn't, I would have rewound it and watched it uh, again because I thought that was really well done, put together. Plus, I was trying to. F- <laughs> that was a crazy. Those are crazy days, man. Doing all that stuff up at. Oh, so we finished our show, and now we're at the Peeler Bar at four a.m. I'm like, oh man, I'd be f- wiped out. Are you kidding? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's an episode. Do you want to talk about anything else? Um, I'll just wrap up with the uh, the old film dango announcements. All right. uh, it's August. We're doing Action August. Dirty Harry, Dread, and Logan. Uh, I've only seen one of the three. Me so too. Far. <laughs> yeah. Although I do have a, a copy of Dread, ready in the works. All right. Um, September we got Seventies Bush, The Taking of Pelham One Two Three, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, which. Um, for anyone who's planning on watching along, is as of this recording, uh, it is uploaded on YouTube uh, oh, in really? a decent quality. It's widescreen, 720p, complete hmm. film. If you just type in Assault on Precinct 13 movie, that's hmm. how I came across it. And the description uh, for the upload is in Spanish, but the movie is in English. All right. uh, and the seven ups with Roy Scheider. Yeah. I watched a Roy Scheider movie recently. Um, Blue Thunder, a helicopter movie. Mm, no, haven't heard of it. It's not very good. No? Um, it starts okay. It starts right. pretty good. It's like a helicopter, high-tech helicopter, and like it, you wear the helmet and you look this way, and then the gun turret follows Ooh. where you're looking. Sounds really cool. Nice. Uh, ending is kind of... Kind of weak. Meh. Yeah. 
Young Young Daniel Stern is in it too. Nice. October we got the Evil Dead, the Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn, and Army of Darkness. Speaking of Young uh, Daniel Stern, you hear they're remaking Home Alone. No, they're yeah. not. Yeah, Disney wants to remake, remade, or reboot the series. Disney owns it. Yeah, they own. They bought. Uh, I can't remember. A bunch of properties with that, and Home Alone was in lumped in with one of them. So wow. they're th- talking about remaking a whole bunch. I don't know if that's just internet people like saying, "Oh, <clears throat> Disney owns us now. They're probably going to reboot it. Who's going to play the new? Who's going to play Daniel Stern's character? Who's going to play Joe Joe Pesci's kind of thing?" You know. Although, uh, yeah, it's, that's a movie. Just net, it's, it's lightning in a bottle. They McCullough, tried. I mean, yeah, you there can is see, like, like Home Alone five two movies. Yeah. Home Alone 2 was just them cashing a paycheck, right? right? Movie yeah. was great. They came back. They said, what are we going to do? Um, the, the, the original cast and crew were there, and they said, you know what? We're just going to make the same exact movie uh, and just switch locations. Yeah. It, was, it was beat for beat the same movie, uh, and it wasn't well-received, and they just got a, a nice big fat paycheck. And then there were a couple of straight-to-DVD like, uh, hey, here's, here's another Home Alone, another I think, kid. I think there was – I think I looked it up. Out of curiosity, there was one more movie, one more theatrical release with a different kid, all different actors. Like it was like no, yeah, Home and it Alone was called three was theatrical. Yeah, I think and it was like Home Alone something like like in, only in some markets it was called Home Alone three or something. And then there was a couple of other movies made, but they were not even direct to video. They were aired on the like some channel. I, I want to say the Disney Channel. Uh, I don't know. I, I bet you there's some Home Alone experts out there that are just screaming at how wrong I am. Um, who cares? Why would you look at this up? <laughs> I don't even care. Uh, okay. Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Home Alone 3, Home Alone 4, Home Alone The Holiday Heist 2012, and then Future... Future. Um, ABC Family. Something called Stoned Alone? Yeah. So it was on ABC Family. That's what it was. It was a TV. So Home Alone 4 was a TV film directed by Rod Daniel. Home Alone 3. Yeah, Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, it made it was in the it was in the box. It made it to the theaters. Home Alone 3 was released in 1997. Budget of $32 million. Made at the box office, according to Wikipedia, $80 million. So they were still mm. able to cash in on that Home Alone name. Oh, the kids would definitely want to see it. Yeah, you know? by 1997. Yeah, because uh, I, I showed my, my daughter the uh, original. And of course, she said, you know, oh, I want to see the others, too. I'm like, ah, they're really not that good. Mm. So we, we saw the second one, and she, I could tell she was getting kind of bored with it. And I I don't think we've seen the uh, the others. So French, French Stewart is in Home Alone 4. I know about that one because um, they did that um, Red Letter Media. Macaulay Culkin was on, and they, they oh, watched really? this one. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, I got to see that. <clears throat> he, he's been in like four or five of their videos now. Yeah, I watched one where they, you know, where they uh, do that roulette wheel with the VHS videos, and they'll yep. watch whatever is on there. And it was funny because they, they were doing – it was kind of like Dean with his burger – they were doing this roulette thing, and they would get to something like really stupid. And they're like, "Well, we got Macaulay Culkin here. Do we really want to watch this? No, let's watch this. <laughs> I'm like, what's the point of this roulette thing?" Well, they they fudge it once in a while. Yeah, just 
do your friggin' bo- do the movies you want to do with Macaulay Culkin. That was mm. pretty good. Uh, do we want to continue? What, what else? Oh yeah, uh, follow Retro um. Fandangle on Twitter. Uh, Retro underscore Fandangle. Uh, Cartridge Club's longest-running Pure Blood podcast with its original host and the only podcast with a boner. There you go. Smooth, nice beauty. I had to, I had to wake this thing up. I forgot it was there. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on for that one sound clip. That's it. Boner. It's it makes it worth uh, turning this thing. Just the boner machine. <laughs> Shame. There you go. Uh, go to the forums, cartridgeclub.org. There'll be a spot in the forums for this episode. Just go to Retro Fandango, and under there, there'll be it'll say episode one, two, three. Right, this is where we are. Episode one, two, three. What do you know? Uh, oh, we should say Pelham taking... one, two, three. Yeah. For episode. Ah, uh, oh, that's ah, oh, we failed. Yeah. Shame. Yeah, full circle. <laughs> all right. Anything else to say? No. Uh, no, that's all. all right. and, and you know what? Next is next week the uh, the film dango. Oh, I, I got to talk to you about uh, next week. Okay, then I won't say anything. I, I got it, yeah. I also, uh, when, I, when I was out to dinner last night, I got some dirt. Not the Ooh. dirt, but I got some dirt. So we can talk Ooh, about that I, after we stop recording. I like dirt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Bye, people. <laughs> we got something more interesting to do. <laughs> <laughs>